It is good to be here again for another live edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, how are you? I am doing great, Josh. We're coming to you live from the old nursery room. <laughs> yes, we are. So, we it's, we tore down the walls and there was brick. It's amazing. Beautiful brick behind it's like when us. You take out your carpet and find awesome wood floors yes. underneath. We found this in the old nursery and it is awesome it's right. so excited <laughs> so excited um uh but you know today's podcast um you know this podcast is growing by the way right it i is. mean we've been it's been great having you involved and sharing this thank you you can go share this right now if you'd like um but uh we're growing in fact we have a sponsor today did you know that ryan <laughs> no please share <laughs> Please share. <laughs> well, um, this podcast is brought to you by Mrs. Butterworth's original syrup. Oh, <laughs> and, and and wait, wait for it. And I love it. And we have log cabin, um, all natural pancake mix, ladies yes. and gentlemen. That is uh, that's what that's for. And if you if you know why that is the case, then. Uh, and if you, if you don't, hop on last week's podcast, yes, pick up at about minute 12, <laughs> and you'll get all caught up. Yes, yes. So um, Josh and I promise to keep on all of our outer garments <laughs> during this podcast. Yes, because uh, that could get awkward at times. But uh, thank you. Yeah, Gwen it gets it and Liz gets it. Welcome you both. Hi, Connie. Good to see you here. If you're joining us, uh, once again, you can always join us live here. Um, and uh, we we are live on Facebook and YouTube, and uh, we love seeing your comments. If you're listening to us on the podcast feed, thank you so much for finding us. Uh, we're so glad that you can be a part of this. We we are thankful to be a part of your day. Yeah, uh, wherever you're listening, review it, share it. Yes, are we supposed to say all that kind of stuff? I think so. I think okay. so. I, I don't that know. Makes it I don't know why, but that's what everyone says. If you listen to podcasts, no, I guess I know why. All right, fine. But but uh, anyway, we're we're gonna dive in today, and uh, because there's a lot to talk about, we yeah, have some I, really good questions. We got some today. good questions, fun stuff from this weekend. I know, I know. And so let's let's begin. Let's begin with the weekend. Okay. All right. And to. so let's dive in. In fact, uh, would you give us just a few key key ideas? Yeah, I'll give you a bird's sermon. eye view. And okay. then if our listeners want to ask questions, they can. All right. There's a few things that um, I'd love to talk about a little bit more, things that sort of fascinate me. Done. But uh, uh, let's dive in. So this uh, this message last Sunday was a message about really about how people change. And how we as human beings change. And I, one of the things yeah. that I really wanted people to take away from this was that while God's love and grace find us where we are, it never leaves us where I we are. I love that point. And it's um, a good I, way to say it too. I think, I like yeah, I sort of that resonated with me. And I think it tried to um, speak to people that when they hear about any sort of effort going into our spiritual life, they go, oh gosh, that's legalism. And that's yep. like, it's all God's work. And, um, and, and so I wanted to sort of theologically and gently push back against that just mm -hmm. initially to go, I think most people go, yes, God finds us where we are, but, and, and his grace is showered down on us where we are, but he never leaves us as we are. And so, um, that, 
that's the fuel for change in the Christian life yeah. is the love of God. It's the grace of God. I love the way Paul says it in Romans chapter six, verse 14. He says, for sin will have no dominion over you because you are no longer under law. Mm. You're under grace. Mm. So the way that we actually break free from sin is by through grace and the grace of God living in his grace, but it actually moves us forward. Yes. I love that. And, um, so we focused in on this passage of scripture. That's the Sermon on the Plain. It's akin to Jesus's Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. Mm -hmm. And um, but there's a few great lines in that sermon. Uh, one of them is Jesus says, uh, "Is a student above his teacher?" And then his response is no. But he says, "But anybody who, um, uh, through training, the the student or the disciple will become like his teacher." Yeah. And so he starts essentially saying his expectation and hope for us is that we become like like him. Yes. And I, and I love that he believes that that's actually possible, right? right? Yeah. So in the sermon Sunday, I said, you yeah. may not believe that you can become like Jesus, but Jesus believes Jesus you can become like that. him. I love that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that's a, so, and yeah, I, I feel like that's better. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's better than me believing it. Right. Um, that, that part of this is taking on Jesus's faith in a sense saying like, Hey, all right. If you believe that I can do this, yep. then that gives me just a little bit more uh, courage to believe that I can. I, I, you know, I sort of picture, as you're saying that, Josh, I sort of picture the uh, scene where Peter calls out to Jesus on the water. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus says, well, come on. Yeah, come out. You know? Yeah, And totally. he's going, I, I think you could do that. Yeah. Do you, Peter? You know? Yeah. And uh, so oh, yeah. I, it's just an interesting uh Thing to wrestle with yeah I, I think sometimes jesus has more faith in us than we do oh so yeah because uh, i don't know that i'd be walking out on the water unless it is jesus himself calling yeah right? you know? yeah and certainly huh. empowering right to yeah to be able to do that but yeah. how many things does, does he empower us to do that we just simply don't ever do yeah Oof. That might be one of our, it, that might be a grief that we have in heaven at some point to recognize what, what we maybe could have done by his power and spirit at work within us that we never had the courage or faith to step into. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Ooh, Ooh. Grief in heaven. That sounds like a whole nother topic that I'm, I'm interested in, sure. but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll get there today, but probably not. Today. Um, no, no, but that's so, so we talked topic. about a, a theory hmm. of change mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, or at least one aspect of a theory of change. And by the way, change is really popular today. I, I mean, like it's a bestseller. Okay. You can find okay, books yes, everywhere on it. Um, change is difficult. Yes. Yes, it, but everybody in the wants way it. that everyone, yeah, everyone's trying to, to figure out how, sure. but no one wants to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, no diets, one, yeah, workout yeah. plans. Huh. I mean, you, you name it. People mm -hmm. want to change. We just know it's really, really tough. Mm. So there's all sorts of um, mm. books about habits that talk about theories of change, working change. I think the best theory of change that I've seen or transformation is, um, James Bryan Smith wrote, put this out in one of his good and beautiful books. Yeah. I forget exactly which one, but he said change requires at least three components. One is, is learning. So okay. we have to learn something new or, or narrative has to be reshaped. The way that we think about things has to change. Second practices. So we actually mm -hmm. have to do something mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then finally community, like we need people around us yeah. that are going to be, 
speaking into our life, encouraging us, etc. Like holding us accountable. Holding us accountable. Yeah, exactly. To do that. So you think about all the things that Jesus did mm-hmm. and taught, learning, practices, community, it really fits into uh, that working theory or paradigm of change that mm-hmm. James Bryan Smith proposes. Anyway, so like we talked it. a little bit about spiritual practices and how mm-hmm. we change through spiritual practices and what it looks like to be a person who embraces those things. So yeah. I love it. That's where we were. I love it. Connie says that's so right. I'm not sure what it was probably about what I was saying. I, I, amen. Amen. Just I agree with Connie. <laughs> um, well, good. I'm so glad everybody's joining us. Thank you, Patty, for sharing this. Um, and hello, Nicole. Okay. So sorry. I got uh, distracted. I love getting distracted by your comments, by the way, and uh, by interacting and your questions. Just I was just peeking in to see if there were any questions coming up. So, okay, let's keep going. So, uh, you gave us a uh, you gave us a lot this week. This was this was there's this is a meaty and it's a solid, yeah, powerful message. Maybe too much. Well, one that but see for this series, this is what I love about this. These are going to be. Uh, messages that I think we need to go back over yeah, again. They feel like they're going to be foundational yes. for us. So this this idea that Jesus talks about. So in verse 40 of Luke 6, he says that he's a, te- he's a teacher mm-hmm, or a rabbi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then in verse 46, he says that he's Lord. Yes. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Yes. And my sort of thesis is Mm -hmm. that in order to become like Jesus, in order to change, we actually need to live in that convergence point of both Jesus as Lord and And Jesus as as teacher. Yeah. As rabbi. As rabbi. Yeah. 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 And I don't, I think if we have one without the other, we actually miss, we miss the mark of what Jesus is calling us to. Yeah. And, and throughout, throughout the ages, there's been people who have missed that on either side of that. Totally. I think so. That 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 people have seen Jesus as just a good teacher. I mean, I mean, no one, no one reads anything about Jesus, hears anything about Jesus, and doesn't realize that he's a good teacher. Right now, a lot of people see that he's a good teacher, and then they don't do anything about that. Yeah. So they don't necessarily follow him as rabbi. They just say, "Oh, he's a good teacher." Yes. Um. But a lot of there's there's been a lot of people over time who has noticed that. But have then not followed him as Lord. Correct. But this is the part that I, I like how you bring this up. That that this is, I think this is more of a unique challenge for those of us in the in the church and especially in the evangelical church today. Mm-hmm. Is that we've probably gone the other way. I think so. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Can I read what I what yeah, I please, wrote? Please. I don't know if I said it like this, but yeah. I said. Um, something to the effect of, if we trust Jesus as Lord, but not rabbi, we may bow in reverence, but we won't train to take on his character. But if we trust Jesus as rabbi, but not Lord, we'll have empty moralism, but not allegiance and adoration. Mm, I love it. And I think that it's that type of a pendulum that you see swinging, whether it's in um, a lot of mainline churches that have embraced Mm -hmm. sort of a social gospel, Mm -hmm. right? Like, let's do good things. Let's Mm -hmm. do good work. But We'll never proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior. Like we could never do that. Yeah. That would offend people. Yeah. Right. Or, well, let's proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior, but never extend a cold cup of water. Yeah. Because, well, that's just the social gospel. And there's a other gospel that's more important. And it's like, no, no, no. It's yeah. he's teacher and Lord and Savior. And it's actually the the power of the gospel is when those two things meet, not when when they yes. stand on their own. Yeah. Oh, that's good. 
That's good. I love, I love the way that I love the way you put that. In fact, I, uh, I feel like that's, uh, that's a, that's a powerful way for us as believers to, to think about it because, um, that whole idea you, you talked about, and this is, this is really the, a lot of the point of the message, as you said, to, to help us to understand that there is a role for us to play. Yes. You know, it, as, and I remember, um, can I? Yeah, go oh, please. You please, go. Please, you please, go. Please, no. Sorry, no, I was in there. Oh, no. Well, I don't want to take take the thought away. Here's, um, as I was listening, which I get the privilege of listening a few times Pretty throughout, good. right? <laughs> you know, the privilege. I did. It is. It is a privilege. I get the privilege of giving it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And and there's a neat learning process that goes in on that. That And, and as I was thinking about that, the this role that we play and the um the fact that we don't like to to uh let me see it this way over the history especially in evangelicalism we have not felt comfortable with anything that we do correct now but here's the thing i think that is actually that is actually doubting doubting what jesus says mm -hmm. that actually by us not believing that we have a role to play um, and so much so to say that that the way some theologies work out, it sounds as if that we do nothing and God does everything. Now, and let me just say, I mean, we only do things because God has done something. So I'm not trying to add extra works to us. But here's the thing. When we when we don't believe that we can do something to become like Jesus for the kingdom, then we're actually not believing and not trusting in what God has created in us. Totally. That God has created you yep. to be a person. That God has created you to be a person who can do amazing things. And yep. that's that's a pretty powerful statement. I mean, that's it amazing. Is. It is. And I think the logic of it. So let's just play. Let's just, yeah. just go logically. Yeah. If there's nothing that we do then whose fault is it if we don't change oh i mean i think that's like it yeah. would be god's fault yeah if it's all god and zero us as mm -hmm. far as 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 becoming different kinds of people mm -hmm. right then it has to be god's fault if we don't change right because there's yeah. no other denominator that's working no other active agent within this that's actually contributing to the process. It's mm -hmm. only him. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually coming at this from the perspective that would say, God always does his part mm -hmm. and, and he empowers us to do our part. And so the, the question is, are we going to meet him in that and partner in that? But I really did yeah. want to stave off this. I wanted to sort of walk this tightrope job, tightrope job of like saying, all right, it's not us, but we have a part to play. Yeah. It's not all us, but we have a, heart, a part to play. And even the part that we play, though, is by grace. So totally. that's the key. That This is, uh, there's no, um, there's nothing that it gets done for for God's glory, definitely, but nothing really gets done at all without God's grace. It right. is by grace that we have the breath that we breathe. It's, yep. It is grace first and only. Um, and yet, that grace empowers action yeah and and the writers of the new testament and jesus himself had no issue calling people to put effort into things hmm. oh, that's true you know i mean that second peter chapter one make every effort to add to your faith godliness and virtue and all these things right yeah, yeah. um paul <laughs> i beat my body i make it my slave mm. right 
And I mean, we have a Jesus calling it. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Like doing is take some effort. And so the authors of the New Testament had zero issue calling people to put effort into mm -hmm. their spiritual growth and development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a fairly, so I've, I've, my working theory is it's the Reformation that re yeah. this was really sort of um, that the idea of any sort of effort was sort of eliminated, even though it's clearly in the Bible. Yeah, there, there was a there was a pendulum that was swung too far. Yeah, you're right. And and in order to try to move it back, it swung back too far. Yeah, because and they were fighting something, something very good, something worth fighting. Even, totally. Right. I mean, yes. and, and something even the Catholic Church at the time later realized that they needed to change. Yep. And so it's a very good thing that that the Reformation happened. We all benefit from it, that there was excesses of evil. Um, of wrongdoing, of bad of doctrine, workspace work righteousness, work space, exactly. Yeah. That was that was really bad in the Catholic Church. Yes, they came along, but I think what what you're getting at, right, is that that maybe they swung the pendulum back too far. In order to avoid the excesses of this, they kind of went way too far over here. Yeah, and uh, and somewhere there, I don't know if it's right in the middle. I don't know where. What we're saying is that that the the concept was right. Yeah. But there's, I think this is the the grace driven effort. Oh yeah, that, that D.A. Carson quote is money. Yes, it's so good. That is that is so powerful that it's it's still grace driven because they were right that it's all grace. Yeah, and that righteousness <laughs> is imputed and that it yes. comes from God. It's free. It's a gift. All those things. Yes and amen. Yes, but that that grace drives effort, and I think they would have said that. Right. I mean, right. I think that they would the have. reformers would have said that. And yeah. So it's probably not the reformers fault. It's really a lot of the way that it's been interpreted. Yeah. And in a, and especially a popular level. Right. Right. Because. So, yeah. That, and that's exactly it. And one of the ways I wanted to say it Sunday was, yeah, that let's not have the perspective that grace meets us where we are and leaves us there. Yes. Right. That it's actually God's grace that moves us forward. Yeah. And we get to participate. With yes. That. I love that. So, by the way, uh, Connie, and this is see. Connie, I, I know Connie online only. I don't know yeah. Connie personally. Um, and I don't know if she's Connie. like, if she's just giving you a little rise here because she asks this. She says, what was the 12 points that you brought out Sunday? So I, I'm... I, it was and, close to And that. I did. Actually, I went back and counted. She is not wrong. It is exactly 12 points oh, that you had. Oh, so, goodness. goodness. Um, I, think, I think she's giving you a hard time, uh, um, which... Which were awesome. Twelve points. This is not. Um, <laughs> it, it was. It was a lot. Thank it was you. Too much. <laughs> Thank you, Connie. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, now, there was there was a lot of really practical things in there, though, and and it, it moved nice and quickly. But I do want you to. I, we just brought up that that D. A. Carson quote. Yeah. Um, and would you share just at least that that? I'd love to. That yeah, line. you mean to read it? Yeah, yeah. The just the great driven effort line or the whole thing. You know, let's just go for All it. All right, here we go. Uh, Carson wrote this. He said, people do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch toward prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. Ugh. 
that that is brutal. I mean, that whole idea of drifting. Man. Yeah, you know that 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 is so true. That that uh, without without focusing on this, without being intentional about mm -hmm. our 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 walk with the Lord, without you know without taking time to care about things like church, care about praying, care about you know yeah. reading your Bible. Not to say those are the you know, those are all the, the things you have to do, but right. no. when we when we aren't focusing on some of those things, some way, many, there's a lot of ways to do it. Yep. We're not saying that these are the only ways, but you will drift. You will. There, drift is inevitable. Yeah, and it's interesting, Josh, because we're focusing on something, right? Mm, yeah. and, and so the question is, are we focusing on the right thing or the wrong thing? Not, is focusing good or bad or prioritizing <laughs> good or bad, point. right? It's... Like we're doing something with our time. That's and the question point. is, is it helping us become the kinds of people that we want to become or not? Yeah. Yeah, because you, you actually can't do nothing. You can't. I mean, it's Try just, it. Try it's, it right now. <laughs> Try to do nothing. Maybe when you sleep. But even, but even then, then you're, you're, you're processing the day. You you're are. breathing. Yes, you're the so way many. that you live your day actually influences the way that you sleep. So yes. I guess you're, it all fits together. Yeah. Anyway, so I... I that's the the challenge with and and one of the things i wanted to draw out with legalism is legalism yeah. isn't doing things because we're always doing things and legalism isn't doing anything for god necessarily it's it's the posture that says if i do this i'll earn something yes um and i would say no a practice is doing something to receive something rather than to earn something. To earn, okay. And yeah. so that, that's when oh, I talk yeah. about yeah, practices, right. yeah. I want to talk about postures that help us receive what God is already pouring out. Yeah. It's not creating anything. And so I don't create anything when I read the Bible. God doesn't change it all. Mm -hmm. His spirit doesn't change it all. But I get more open to receiving from him what he wants to pour into my life. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, do I want to live like this? Or do I want to live like this? Yeah. That, I think those are the two. That's the question. And mm -hmm. that's why I, I think practices are so yeah. powerful. And that's a, it's a good point, though, that some of those, I mean, we're focusing on, on something that actually we're practicing for something. We're In some sense, you could say that we're, we're living like this yeah. to something. To something. And it's just that that what is it you're receiving? I mean... Because, you know, we could live, you know, practicing, practicing trying to finish Netflix, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really could, man, you could receive yes. a lot of Netflix. A lot, a lot. But but that's that's not, and, and as you do that, you close yourself, I think, right. to other things. Yeah, that's a that's interesting. That, yeah, that whole, I think D.A. Carson really nailed it oh, with that drift. Yeah, I think so too. It, Every time I read that, I'm like, oh. Gosh. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Wow. So in a nutshell, that's sort of where we were yeah. on Sunday. I love it. I love it. And gave a bunch of a bunch of great practical things. I, I love kind of, you know, you got a, a, a few minutes to go through some spiritual disciplines, mm -hmm. you know, kind of practices that uh, can be used once again. Great ideas. Some of them. There's there's lots out there. They're all invitation. Yeah, that's and great. It's all invitation and it's all, um, you know, I think there's some that would be keystone practices, right? I think scripture, yeah, prayer, yeah, worship. These are keystone practices that I would say every 
growing believer should utilize in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's not a legalistic thing. It's not you've got to do this or else. It's in different seasons, you may want to focus on different practices for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And as you sense God working in your life and 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 inviting you to partner with him and change, then you step into different practices for different reasons. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so as if the invitation is is really Jesus saying, hey, um, come join me. Yeah. And here's here's a way to do that. Right. I mean, Take my come and learn from me. Right. Take my yoke upon you. Yeah. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. Yeah. You know? That, and even that, I love that idea of invitation because uh there's there are some things at at some times, especially, that just don't work for me. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It is. And I mean, and 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 that is okay. No guilt in that. <laughs> no guilt in that. I know. And I, I love that. And uh I and I love the fact that that usually usually there's there's something that does. Yes. You know, and, and that some of that is just learning about yourself, mm-hmm. about your situation, about the um things going on in your life that you need to try to try to try something else. Yeah. It's interesting. Some of the guys that write about this, um, they write about what they call cataphatic and adiphatic yes. practices. Yeah. So cataphatic is something that comes easy to you. Mm-hmm. It's like they call it a downstream practice where you just get in the river and it and it takes you this. and you're like, oh yeah, that's that's easy for me. Yes. That's good. Yes. Um, and then there's some that are adiphatic. They're they're sort of a, against the stream of your natural wiring. Yep. And I've heard some uh, spiritual directors and some people talk about the way that it's good to incorporate both yes. into your spiritual diet. Um, yes. So, Josh, let me ask you. Yes. What What would you say is a, a cataphatic and an adiphatic practice so, for you? Yes. Okay. And I, I thought I've thought a lot about this because because um, I, I I have this theory. I don't, I don't know. If I feel like we've talked about this here somewhere, but I have this theory that uh, <laughs> that most spiritual disciplines were created by introverts for introverts. Okay. Okay. So, I like that. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that there are a bunch of introverts sitting around thinking, oh, the best That's thing would be book, man, to get away. That's your book, man. An extrovert's guide. Yes. An extrovert's spiritual practice. I know. I know. I need to write that. Throw parties. Yeah. <laughs> Travel. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. There's, yeah, I'm going to create some new ones here. Yeah. yeah. Travel. That's a good one. Uh, it's a pilgrimage, you know. I think that's, it is. That's right. You it can is. do that. Discipline. So, um, um, so because especially the ones that that get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Okay, solitude. Solitude is now. It is a. That might even be close to a keystone. Um, uh, in some way. Uh, discipline. It's a. It's a very meaningful, important one. That is not easy. That is adiphatic to, to me. Yeah. Yeah. Being alone for long periods of time um, is just not something that, that uh, is, comes easy to me. Now I've learned to love it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that thing that um, that's the part, that's the thing that I need to push into. Yeah. I think that, that we can sometimes um, get by with the easy things, right? The things that come natural to us. Things come natural and, and that's okay to a point, yeah. but I think it's good for us to push into those other it things. Is. Um, I'm the first time I, I remember learning about all this and, and I had a, a teacher and, and this was, this was at Biola university. So this is undergrad. 
Um, and I was taking a course by a guy named John Coe, who is fabulous. He's a guru up there. Oh my word. Yeah, he's awesome. Fabulous. And I learned so much from him. I still, I feel like I steal a lot of stuff that he taught me and borrow. I learned that. You paid for it. You're not stealing it. That's a good point. You paid good money for that. Good point, good point. So, um, (laughs) I, he he sent us off and he he had us and I think it was like eight hours, eight hours of just quiet and being alone, and I remember dreading that, mm-hmm. and I remember going, oh no, and I think for a good four hours I was like, oh, I was still there dreading it, you know, maybe five or six even, you know, <laughs> it took a long time, and I remember it being painful, and yet, and yet. I do feel like that. And I still remember some of the kind of insights and some of the, mm. the, it was a powerful time. Yeah. Even I had to get through the hump, you know, I had to really go long in that before I felt like it was meaningful to me. And yeah. I, I know some people who can sit down for 20 minutes and they're like, Oh, right. right. Totally. <laughs> um, that's, that's really not me. I have to, I have to turn my mind off in a weird way yeah. to do that. And so, um, so, okay. That's adiphatic for me uh-huh. for sure. Um, now, on the other hand, the things that I enjoy, um, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but it's the, it's the conversation. I love being in groups. I feel like I learn more when I'm actually um, explaining ideas, talking, mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. This is very much, you know, yeah. I guess this isn't a classic spiritual discipline, podcasting. <laughs> maybe, maybe we've got something here. Maybe yeah. this will make the book. No, just um, but there's a um, community. Learning in community is key. But even even like going out in nature mm-hmm. and and running. Yep. So this is a place where I I feel like I meet with God out in you know uh, out alone on a on a trail somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and there's something about that that. That is, uh, I know I'm alone there too, but I'm also doing it's kinesthetic. It. It's, it's, yeah. it's more to it. Yeah. So, hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So, I mean, okay. Now you, how about you? What, yeah. What um, you? So the downstream, the cataphatic for me would be, I love studying. Yeah. I love reading scriptures. That to me is like, oh man, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some that have, been life-giving that I didn't didn't practice always uh now now would be like sabbath oh like once it was so hard for me to start practicing sabbath and once I did I'm like what was I thinking right (laughs) um it is it has been a gift to me that I love now um all right I'll be very transparent honest uh hard difficult a difficult practice for me is prayer and that's been more I've had to learn that it's been more mm. of a discipline. I think there's some people that are just wired mm. that way. And, um, and I've had to learn it mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I'm learning it, still learning it, being challenged in it. But, uh, I would say that there's some area for me to grow in that I'm with you running like my best worship times mm. and prayer times are on runs. Yeah. And I think for, as pastors, we don't go to church a whole lot. Right. Yeah, like, it's true. So sometimes like we're there I find, a lot. We're there a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But to like yeah. like we're worshiping with community and and we we're invested in that yeah. and we're there. But we're often thinking about what's the spirit doing and where's God yeah. leading this? And is there anything, you know, as I'm getting ready to to preach, is there anything unique, God, that you're saying oh, yeah. to this body at this time that you want me to step into? Yeah. 
Um, and I'm looking at my watch going, okay, how much time do I have? Totally. And uh, totally. all that, you know, all that. So sometimes my best worship that I engage with God in, in the week is on a trail. Yeah. So, yeah. um, those are, those, that, those are, some that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. You know, you, you got me thinking about the study thing and here's, this is what I learned about myself. Um, because I love, I love study, but for a different reason, I, I once I realized I don't sit down and just study for study's sake. It's always, and I love it when I'm teaching. It's yeah. it's actually about people. That's cool. It's actually about like I I can't wait to teach this for someone else. And I would feel bad because I I don't just sit down and study for yeah. study's sake. But so some of that is I think we have to kind of build in some of those um, downstream right mm-hmm. things that that help us to guide us. Yeah. Right. So, so being, you know, getting in ministry at some level, not that you have to be a pastor, you're not, they have to go to seminary, but at some level to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to lead this Bible study and that's going to force me to study. Yes. Um, I think that's a great thing. It's a really good thing. And, and it's, it's helpful. And I think I used to feel bad that I don't have this extra time to, to study, but that's how God's wired me. And I don't it need is. to feel guilty no, about you that. Don't. You don't either, you, don't either. you know? <laughs> yeah. But I think you should wrestle with the question, what are some downstream practices, things that come easy yeah, to me? Yeah. What are some upstream things that are challenging? And I would I would encourage you to do one, uh, at least one of both of those yeah. as part of a, a, a spiritual growth plan. Yeah. I like so. that a lot. I like that. Okay. Well, we had some really good questions come in. Yeah. And so... Um, I'm not seeing any questions here, uh, any more coming in here, but um, I have I have one that uh, that relates directly to the message um, that I you you haven't even heard yet. Okay, it came in cool. via text message, and Great. as always, um, we don't uh, we won't say the names of people unless you specifically ask us to. Um, but here's this was a uh, here's. Here's the question, okay? Um, Westminster Catechism mm-hmm. says that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Okay, in doing as Jesus did, yep. okay, um, which I guess is a we're transitioning a little bit to, um, yeah, to next week's message. Anyway, sorry, um, but um, uh, is doing as Jesus did man's end or purpose? Glorifying God as man's purpose has always conjured up uh, in this person's mind images of people sitting on clouds with harps worshiping God. However, it feels like Jesus's invitation to follow him is more of a calling to more. Can you speak to what Jesus is inviting us to, um, which I'm sure is still a way of glorifying God, but perhaps is more than a passive thing image in in Great question. Right? Great question. I like the combination of these things. Yes. Um, Okay. So I'm a fan of the Westminster Confession. Okay. Okay. With some qualifiers. (laughs) So does the Bible say the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever? Well, here's the thing. Here's what the Bible does say. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus was actually asked, what's the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you want, I think you could phrase that. What's the chief end of man? 
Yeah. Like, like what, what's the Great goal here? What's the, what's the greatest thing you can do? Yeah. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh -huh. Seconds like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So um, I would actually argue that we glorify God as we love God, that love is more, or that glory to God is more of a byproduct than it is a focal point. Yeah. So meaning it, it's the result of doing something else rather than the goal mm -hmm. itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So um, that begs the question, what is the something else that we do that brings God glory? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, since we're using the Westminster Confession, it's probably safe to bring in other people also. So St. Right. Irenaeus would have said that the glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. And so I, I would actually want to suggest that in becoming disciples, we are glorifying God mm. as because we're becoming more and more fully who God always designed us to be. Yes. And in carrying the image of God, we actually shine a light on him as we become more fully human mm -hmm. and as we live into the design that he originally created us to carry. Yeah. So I think I, I would want to say, um, I, I don't, I forget the exact question. Uh, is, if it's, is, are those things at odds? I would say, no, they're not at odds. Yeah. And, and really is that is doing as Jesus did the thing that, that, um, that fulfills. Yes. That. I would say I becoming a disciple. Ah, is. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And doing what Jesus did is a subset of mm -hmm. what it means to be mm -hmm. a disciple. I would say this, it is impossible to be a disciple and not glorify God. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I would say yeah. it is possible to try to glorify God and Ooh. to not become a disciple. Oh, see what I mean? So I think the yes. byproduct fo focal point is really, really important. And yeah, so I'm not saying that it, it isn't the goal. I'm just yeah. saying it's not the path. It's not, that's not what we're chasing after in order and in, in order to produce that. That's a good point. Cause even Jesus himself said that there will be people who cry out to him, Lord, Lord, who are, who they're, they're trying to glorify him in a sense. Correct. And he'll, you know, he'll say, I didn't know you. Right. Right. And then there will be people who let their good works shine and it brings and glory glorifying. to their father in heaven, right? Yeah. So I, I also think that, um, you know, a lot of followers of Jesus who know the Romans road can quote, um, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that sin makes us fall short of glory. Yes. Therefore, living living rightly, rightly. Live being, as we're sanctified yeah. as we as as we become more like jesus yeah then god is glorified yes yeah this is the thing i because i think i don't think you're disagreeing <laughs> um because I, no. I think it's, it but it's reinterpreting gl what glory is and i think that's what the question was about that 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 glorifying god has this idea of of uh like sitting around on harps as if you could do it by just by singing or something like that as if that is what bringing glory to god is is just a praise song to yeah. him or something and that heaven will be like you know an, a never-ending praise song which i think would be great for a good two hours yeah <laughs> No, um, I don't know. I mean, and maybe it'll be so good that it'll be good for two days. 
but we're talking eternity here, right? It's a long time. Or, long... <laughs> or it, it's no time, right? It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so understanding what glory is. Yeah, I, I would. Key. And so I think glory is literally weight, right? Yeah, like yeah. weightiness. But I would say that God's glory is his, are his attributes on display. Yes. Right? So as we become like Jesus, Jesus's attributes through us yes. are on display to the yes. world. Yes. Like you want to glorify God? love your enemies. Yeah. That's Jesus-y attributes on display through your life. Yes. Right. So glorify, we don't glorify God by trying to glorify God like that. Like what we have to do something in order to do that. Right. Yeah. And the, the doing is, is becoming a disciple. And, and here's the thing. And I think this is, of course, C.S. Lewis is, you know, the weight of glory, that weightiness. Yes. I think he, he talks about, which is key. Um, the other side of glory that C.S. Lewis mentions is, is luminous, luminescence, okay? Um, that it is glory, the idea behind glory is to shed light on something, yeah. right? And the reason that you would shed light on something, the reason that you, um, okay, we do this in a lot of places in America, um, we do this with flags, mm -hmm. right? The American yep. flag. It, if it's up at night, you're supposed to glorify it. Glorify it, right? And and I, the only reason that you would glorify, that you would shine a light on it, is for other people to see it, right? Mm -hmm. And so the, I think the purpose behind us bringing glory to God is not for God's sake. Right. It's not like he's sitting there saying, I need more glory. Yeah. Like, oh, these people, they just don't glory, bring me more glory, and I'm missing glory. I mean, that's just not. No. It, his purpose is actually so that the rest of the world would see his goodness, yes. his virtues. And so, I mean, I think the best way you can bring glory to God is to, to bring someone with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> look at this. Look at, look at God. <laughs> this is what it's all about, right? Totally. I love and, that. And have his attributes shine through your life? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Oh, man. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that question. Um, we had another one. This, okay. one's, this, one's a, this one's a good question. Is it? This All is right. Not, good. Now, this is, a, this is a tough question. Okay. I just want to – I want to say this is – I think it's a, a fabulous I, – I, and, and we love all questions like this. This is not a, this, there's not bad questions like this, but this is a, this is a next level question, I'm going to okay. say, right? So um, here's what, here's the idea. So this person had been, uh, is reading through the Bible, it sounds like, or okay, cool. reading parts of it. Sounds like they're a little bit ahead of where we are with the, All right. the church so reading plan. So we got plan. an overachiever on yeah, our Yeah, great. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> he's, he's reading um, First and Second Kings. And uh, see, okay, on, on week four of the Way series, was that last week or the week before? Last week. Yeah. Last week, okay. Okay, we're all mixed up on days. You preached another sermon today, and you're talking about last week's sermon. Yeah, actually, I preach and, it tomorrow because of the rain. Okay, okay. So, oh, that's actually kind of yeah, nice. Yeah, all right, nice. well, all right. So I don't, sometimes I don't know how he does it. He's got three sermons in his head it's right a, now. Yeah, it's, it's, so we won't mess, talk about it. But a mess in there. So knowing which one is which, I don't know. But, um, Okay, you stress this idea 
um, this, our identity in Christ, that our identity is to be rooted in God's unconditional and uh, love and acceptance of us. Yeah. Okay. This person just says, I love that. And come on, who doesn't, who doesn't love that? Right. Yeah. That's great. Now in reading first and second Kings, there were a lot of people, leaders and Kings who did evil in the sight of the Lord. They sometimes entire families, groups and animals didn't end up in a good place as many were killed, as this was the question, as many were killed or met with disaster. And sometimes it seemed that many people died because of the actions of one person. This is a little disturbing since most of us mess up on a fairly routine basis. Um, I've even had friends who said they didn't want to believe in a God who would kill innocent people. Okay. I know a lot of us are reading through the Bible this year, especially for those who haven't read these books in the Old Testament before. Some might find this a little confusing when looking at God's love in Christ in the New Testament yes. and what they're studying in the Old Testament. Totally. So it seems like, I think he's getting at it, it seems like there's two ideas of who God is. Yep. And... There's, I'll just say, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give an answer, All but right. there are no easy answers to this one. All right. So um, there have been heresies that the church has had to address when mm -hmm. it comes to this issue, because people look at um, the New Testament and here's what we know. Here's what we know from the New Testament. Okay. Um, that Jesus is the exact representation of God. Yeah. That Jesus is what God has to say. That's mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter one. Mm -hmm. In the past, God spoke to us through the law, through the prophets, but now he has chosen to speak to us through his son, yes. right? So Jesus is what God has to say. God, Jesus is what God is like. Mm -hmm. Those are, if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the father. And one of the key characteristics of Jesus is that he dies for his enemies rather than killing his enemies. Mm. So, and, and that is the epitome of love. Mm. This is how we know what love is. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave himself up for us. Um, that's first John, uh, this, uh, Romans chapter five, that while we were yet enemies of God, he loved us and gave himself mm -hmm. for us from chapter five, verse eight. So that's, that's fundamental when it comes to who Jesus is. The question is, how do we read the old Testament picture of God Yeah. in light of what we find out about what God's character is like through the person of Jesus and, and how do these dovetail and how do they fit together? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, here's a few answers. Um, I'll give you two answers that I don't agree with. And then one that I do. All right. All right. Um, so number one, uh, would be what, what's often called Marcionism. Mm -hmm. So it's this conviction that, um, that the God of the Old Testament was sort of a lower level deity mm -hmm. and different than the God of the New Testament. So they're two, two different completely gods. different gods. Two different gods. Yeah. It's non-Trinitarian in nature and, um, and sort of like the, the Old Testament God got it wrong. <laughs> and Jesus has come to redeem that and give us the real picture of what God is like. Yeah. Once again, this is not something. That's a heresy. With. Right. <laughs> heresy. Yeah. That's a heresy. Uh, so that's that Marcionism. It's been a way that people have tried to answer that problem. And, and just to point out, though, so the question, that is a great question. It's a question that has been around yeah. for quite a long time. 
Correct. That, that very early on, people started wrestling with this. Absolutely. And that was that was an example of a not so great way to yeah. wrestle with it. Yeah. Um, the the second way, actually, I'm going to give three ways. I don't agree with. Okay. Okay. That Let's I, do that it. I do. Uh, the second way would be um, somebody who doesn't have quite a as high a view of the Bible. Mm. So they would go. I know it says that mm -hmm. God said that, or that God said to kill those people, those innocent women and children and mm -hmm. bash their mm -hmm. heads against the wall. I know, I know it says that God said that, but really what you're reading is um, ancient Israel's perception of what they thought God said. Mm -hmm. And we know because of Jesus that God wouldn't really say that. Mm -hmm. And so those people have a really high view of Jesus, but a very low view of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um and, and I would say that that's wrong. Some people just go, um, this is the third view I don't agree with. Well, God sometimes just does what God does, and who cares if he acts out of character? He's God. And, and oftentimes those people will say things like, his ways are not our ways, yeah. right? His, his wisdom is above our wisdom. And I would say, I think that wisdom's below our wisdom, not above it. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of appealing to mystery that we can't exactly. understand God, which we which we can't fully understand God. Correct. Um, but they're they're saying that uh, that that God's way of love is very different than anything we understand of love. Then, Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Huh. So I, there's a few things that I'd say I do agree with. Um, number one, God is love, mm -hmm. and that's very clear in the scriptures, which it, it means. It doesn't mean that God only does loving things, but it mm. does mean that God always does the loving thing. Does that, does that make mm -hmm. sense? So Absolutely. it doesn't mean that it's his only characteristic, but it does mean that it's a hat he's not going to take off to wear a different hat, yeah. right? There yeah. are things that will come alongside of that, but they won't contradict it because he's love. Hmm. And the other side of love, because I love my kids, when somebody does something to wrong my kids, I get angry. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I get frustrated and I get upset. And it's not because I'm not acting in love. It's because I am acting in love. And it yeah. wouldn't be unloving to leave a, a deed that destroys shalom, in this case, God's shalom, unpunished, right? Mm -hmm. So those are two convictions that I have. And, and the third is this. The third is that God always meets us where we are, not where we wish we were. Yeah. So in meeting humanity in the mess, sometimes because of people's hardness of hearts, the best thing mm -hmm. that a loving God can give them is actually to give them over to sin, to give them what they, the only thing he can mm -hmm. give them is what they actually want. And, and so I think that there's a lot of uh, what we might call accommodation in mm -hmm. that God mm -hmm. meeting us in our sin in the Old Testament in order to move us forward. Yeah. So the hope is that, that eventually the story leads up to Jesus, right? Yeah. So uh, by accommodation, you mean that that uh, in a sense, God's telling us what they what the people then needed to know and see and hear, not necessarily everything that they Correct. could. Yes. It, it was the perfect. He, right? he gives them what they can receive. Yeah. And he gives them the best that they can receive. At not that time. The, at that time, not the best that he can give. Hmm. So, which that means that we've got to really understand 
that time. Correct. And this is why it's so important to understand the, the history of what's going on and to the context of the passage and everything. Um, but that also seems to say that that there's a more fuller revelation. Yeah, and I think that the scriptures would be very and clear on fact, that. In fact, I think that is what the scripture yeah. says. Yeah. At John 1.18, that says that says this, that that no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side has made, sorry, yeah, the only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. Now, what they're talking about is Jesus there. Correct. That it's only Jesus who has made God known. Yeah. And now, and if you think about that passage, you think to yourself, now, wait a minute, we've been seeing God in this book for a long time. There's been a lot of pictures and images and ideas about God. Yeah. But it seems to be saying that those aren't the fullest picture exactly that you can what see. Saying. The fullest picture you see of God, I think, would be arms extended mm. on the cross mm -hmm. rather than go bash those heads against the wall. So I think one of the, I would encourage our listeners to um, maintain a, a really high view yeah. of scripture. And because of that, a very high view, a high Christology as well mm -hmm. to say, yeah, the scriptures teach that Jesus is what God is like. Jesus is what God has to say. Jesus is the fullest revelation of the father. And so how do we have a view of scripture that when the Bible says God said to the Israelites, we actually believe that God said to the Israelites mm -hmm. rather than, you know, some scholars that are good scholars, like, uh, for example, Pete Enns. I would just simply disagree with him mm -hmm. in the way that he answers some of the good questions that he asks, because I don't think his view of scripture is high enough, yeah. but because he would say, well, they didn't really say that. They thought they thought they yeah. heard that, but he didn't say that. And I go, ah, it's 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 not that's not what's in here so yeah. let's have a high view of both and i think the, the high view of both is to say god gave them the best that he could in the in the time yeah to eventually move them forward hmm. to where the the fullness of time had come yeah right? and god sent his son and it seems like there's a great example of that in scripture in the book of acts right we've got uh i mean there there were there were laws all sorts of um food dietary laws that were given, um, that were given for a purpose, and, and we're not always even know what those purposes, all the the purposes for each of those specific laws, why a hooved animal and why you know all these things, right? We don't. I mean, like, <laughs> you tell me why we shouldn't eat bacon, <laughs> right? Seriously, <laughs> um, and yet those those kind of things get those get changed, yeah, right, and and. It's a it's a fuller expression in a sense. So it's a fuller idea of what that is. Even Jesus, you've heard it been said. Yes. And and now I say he's what he's doing is is not negating this. Totally. He's saying no. There's even more. He's building on he's it. He's building on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. So the image of of God that we see in the Old Testament, um, whatever it is, there's there's more to it. Right. And so now that means like the. You know, the, the heart of the question is when I see these intention and I'm I'm holding them both here, um what do I do? What where do I what do I lean on? Yeah. I mean, so because the fact is one looks a little bit a little bit more murky. Right. And then <laughs> and then one, there's there's a there's flesh and blood. Right. 
there one we're intended to hold one weightier than the other mm. and and that's as we engage the new testament that's what we find and it's shocking to jewish readers right mm. i mean that yeah but this, the New Testament holds up Jesus as, I mean, on the Mount of Transfiguration, you have Moses and Elijah standing there. And the voice from heaven goes, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Yeah. Right? So you have the law, the law. and the prophets. Yeah, the prophets. And God saying, the father saying, listen to him. Listen to my son. Yeah. As if you guys wrote all a bunch of good things. That's all, <laughs> right? that's that's all, all good. It's all wonderful. I inspired wonderful. you to write all that. But now there's something that you can learn from. Correct. Whoa, so that Jesus, Jesus is, teaches us about yes. the Old Testament. I, I, yeah, that's the way I read it. And so mm -hmm. I don't give them all the same weight as far as when, what, what, what is God like? We're not supposed to. We're, we know yeah. from the book of Hebrews that this is like we're supposed to give more weight here. So how does that view of Jesus then inform the way that I read these passages in the Old Testament? That's the right question. Hmm. And I think how does God's wrath and love as two sides of the same coin, how does that hmm. look and how does that play out in covenantal relationship with Israel? And then um, I think, you know, one, one book I would recommend yeah. if I could. Please. Uh, a guy named Joshua Ryan Butler wrote a great book called The Skeletons in God's Skeletons, Closet. Right. And he addresses, that. I probably talked about it at, at some point before because it's one of the best books I've ever read on these hard They're issues. Tough so questions. Yeah. Uh, he That's writes right. about hell, judgment, and holy war. And this uh, this topic would fall under that sort of holy war category. Mm -hmm. How do we read the Old Testament in light of the revelation of Jesus? Yeah. Holy warming the uh, God saying, go kill people. Right. right. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 Which is exactly what you're talking about. Wow. Um, no, that's, that's really good. I like, I like that perspective. I like that it's, uh, I, I like that it, it sees all of scripture as God breathed. This is not, not minimizing any of it. Right. It's just where scripture holds something higher. Yeah. Which scripture clearly holds Jesus higher we need to then we can kind of see it back through the mm -hmm. lens of yeah Jesus. i don't i don't know what it is about me and i think you're sort of the same way josh but there's something at, like when those two things aren't reconciled i mm. just it it drives me a little bit bonkers yeah. so i wasn't able to just say well god's different in the old testament than he is in the new mm. you know yeah oh well no. so that my that's you just heard my processing and where i've come to on that but you know our, our, i would encourage our listeners to do their own study and to dive into that. It's such an important question and whoever sent it in. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, Oh, wow. My goodness. We're at, we're almost seven 30. Oh, wow. I don't know. I, there, got, I got a few, there's other a questions. few other questions, right? I know. Want to do like a lightning. Let's do round? lightning round. I know. I think. All right. We can do it. Here's one. Here's okay. one that I got. Um, if, if, uh, if you could get the vaccine today, would you? <laughs> That's a great question. It's a great question. Would you? Yes. Sign me up. Okay, I would too. Yeah, get yeah. come on right here. Yeah, will you come here? Because we'll be here and ready. Sure. I actually had the chance to talk to um, someone in the uh, in the research and science field today, and 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 just asked her a bunch of questions about the vaccine. And um, we're gonna. My hope is that we can host a panel here so that people ah. can ask questions yeah. about that they have, and not loaded, and not you should you need to do this or you should do this, but just can we be a church that resources people 
um, in very real everyday ways. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's been fun to see is people, uh, our people, you, um, our church coming back here. Yeah. Um, and, and we've just passed the first people who got the vaccine. Um, it's been, they got it two weeks ago. And so now they're in the clear and they were back this Sunday and them. they were, they were excited to be back. A, a number of them. And so I saw them. Yeah. not to say that our hope is not in a vaccine. We no. realize that, but it is fun to see it brings some joy back after a long time of being alone. Totally. And so he, part of me says, even just for that reason, yeah. like that's, it's. And I'm all great. for choice and for, for sure. people making Absolutely. the best Absolutely. decision that they can make for they, themselves and their family and their community. So, Absolutely. okay. Uh, second question yeah. was, if the worship center were open, would we be meeting inside? Hmm. Okay, that's loaded because if it were open. If it were, we, if it were finished. Because we're, we're not done yeah, we're working on it. We're construction right now. Um, We'd be at 25%. Yes. Okay. So we'd be at 250, 300 ish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People. We, I think we, we three, could do three. Can we do a little 350? Uh, we'll say 350. Yeah. 400. Okay. I'm, I'll push for that. Yeah. Standing room only. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you count standing totally. capacity, totally. maybe. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't answer the question, Ryan, just to be clear. Yeah. So the bigger value right now is to be together than to be yeah. inside. Could we be all together in the worship center and meet in there? Maybe. And so I, I would definitely be a consideration. I think probably what we would do is we would have an indoor service mm -hmm. that we stream to mm. um, an outdoor venue okay. so that people that don't feel, feel comfortable, comfortable uh, can yeah. still come to church and fellowship with other believers. So it's, it's been our hope the whole time to try to accommodate as many people as we can. And so um, that's why we've been having outdoor services since June. And by the way, I just, I just, God's timing on this is so great uh, because this whole process started a long time ago. And, and I feel like just the vibe of our world, we're just, we're only like this week getting at that point where we could say, all right, it's, it feels like we could go back. Yeah. And we're, we're Lord willing, or there's a month or so, you know, maybe a little bit more than a month before this thing's going to be done. And COVID? it'll be, well, the worship center will be done. <laughs> it's over. It's over. You heard it here. You heard it on Vitology. Yes. COVID has to be done in April. Yes. At least the worship center will be done. But God's timing is so good on that because this, we would have been without a place yeah. for a very long time. Yeah, we would and, have. Uh, oh my goodness. And, and, and yet we would have, we would have rushed it. Mm -hmm. to get back in the room together and it would have just not been as good. And, and you guys should wait till you're able to see this. Um, they're doing it right. Yeah. And yeah. that's, it's that really is exciting. really, really exciting. It's really exciting. So, and you know, Josh, I don't know, man, I, I don't hate meeting outside. No. I, uh, there are some mornings where it's cold and I'm like, Argh. and then I look at the weather in, of Colorado and I'm like, that's not that bad, you know? And I, yeah. I do think that at our night services during the summer, I can see us doing like a feast of booths type of a thing, right? Where yeah. we remember God's oh, faithfulness yeah. to us throughout oh, yeah. COVID and we decide to meet outside just because Absolutely. we now know we can. We can. It, and We're it, getting it's good not at the it. The worst thing ever. We're getting good at it. And yeah, so it's going to be, you know, sunny, a little bit of clouds this Sunday. You know, it'll be 62, high of 62. That's not, that's not warm, but it could be a lot worse. Be worse. And it'll probably be one of the warmest places 
in the country yes. <laughs> right here. So we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. Any others? No, no? That, that none that I remember. We so. answered every question. Just, just so you know. Hey, and thanks for sending them in too. Yes, uh, we we really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we enjoy that a lot. Once again, <laughs> brought to you, brought to you by Mrs. Butterworths. Thank you, Danielle. Um, you're out there somewhere, um, and you're awesome. And you're awesome. And that was hilarious last week. Once again, go back and check it out. Uh, Oh, Connie's saying, see, they're going to get a bunch of snow this weekend in Colorado. There you go. And so... Uh, we're not. We're not. Yes, Connie. Sorry. Um, one day. One day soon. All right, everybody. Well, any last words, Ryan? Why you no, thanks for tuning in. Really grateful to have the chance to interact with you tonight, Josh. And thanks for all your questions. Fun night. Yeah, absolutely. God bless, everybody. Yeah, God bless.